Hello, thanks for checking out the KZMC podcast. My name is April King, and I am the Associate Pastor at KZMC. This podcast is a recording of sermon teachings from our 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning worship gatherings. We release a new episode every Tuesday. If you're looking to check out our Sunday mornings, you can find our live stream over on our YouTube channel on Kingsfield Zurich Mennonite Church. We would also love to have you join us in person. You can find out all the details about our Sunday mornings on our website, kzmc.ca. Thanks for listening, and have a great day. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you, Carol, for reading this morning. I was going to say, Merv, I have a dear friends who are from South Africa, and they said in the South African church, one of the jobs of the elders was to go around during the week and ask people to see their books and to collect their tithes. So maybe if we're getting behind this year, we could probably implement that. I think the elders, would the elders be okay with doing that? Would that, because they wondered why, why we hadn't come around yet. They'd been attending our church for several months. They said, well, why has no one come to collect your tithe? I said, what do you mean? Anyway, just an idea, just an idea. So we're going to continue the discussion on why, and we'll talk about it today, and then we're going to head into a season of Advent. So we'll talk about it today, maybe hit pause, and then we'll, we'll jump it into it again in the new year, okay? And I did want to mention this morning that I think this will be the fourth week. Every week on Tuesday, I send out an email, I'm calling it the rest of the week, and it just has some thoughts from the sermon, maybe some meditations, maybe a practical application. But you won't get that automatically. We didn't want to flood your inboxes with another email. But if you do want to get that, you need to send a message to either myself or Taylor, and we'll get you signed up. Not that you want to hear more of me during the week, but if it would be of interest to you, uh, just let us know. Yeah, I, think, I think it's good. I think, of course I think it's good. It's great. It's amazing. <laughs> it's the best email you'll get all week. Um, I thought it would be a good idea to review where we've come so far. So if you want to head to the next slide... Um, and the next, there we go. Uh, I just want to review kind of where we've come so far in this discussion. So on September 17th, I preached a sermon called Who Are We? And it was kind of a review of the book of Colossians. And if you'd like to listen to that, you can find it online on our podcast. Um, we'll listen to that again. But there was five things that we covered. Um, who we are in Christ. Number one, we're chosen meaning Christ chose each one of us. Uh, we've been rescued. We talked about being snatched from the fires of judgment. We were, we were rescued from our, um, our destiny to be separated from God. We've been cleansed and forgiven. Cleansed and forgiven. And we talked a lot about how we're being, we've been brought to fullness. We've been born again. We've been made new. The old has gone the new has come. If you're born again and you know Christ, the Holy Spirit has done something incredible inside of you. You've been brought to life. You've been born again. You've been made new. And you have incredible capacity. The Spirit of God is in you. You have incredible capacity. And the last thing we, we noted is that we're destined for glory. We're destined for eternity. And the reason that's a bit of a, a prequel to, to why is 
it's, pretty, it's good for us to know who we are. And if all this has happened in our life, it kind of begs the question, well, why? Why are we here? So thus, we jumped in to why. So you want to go to the next slide? On October 15th, we called it, I called it Why Part 1. And this sermon was really just a, an introduction to the whole process that we're jumping into. Kind of some foundational thoughts. And I thought they'd be good for us to remember today. That as we go through this process together of, of asking why, these are important things to remember. Number one, we need to remember God's redemptive power. That God is a God of redemption. And why is that important as we think about why? Because as, if we look in our past, we're inevitably going to see things and remember hurts and remember things that maybe didn't go the way they should or the way we thought. We have to remember that no matter how far we stray, we have a God who is a God of redemption. Incredible power to forgive and to cleanse and to take even our worst mistakes. I'm not saying we made our worst mistakes, but even if we did, God is incredible. I was talking to a friend this week, kind of lamenting about something that had happened, and, and, and I said to him, I said, you know what, even you running at 200%, even if you never made any mistakes, what does the scripture say about our very best? Even the very best of Dave Wicks is what? Filthy rags. Without God's redemptive power in my life working in and through me, I'm a resounding gong. I'm wasting your time. We need God. We have to remember that. God is a God of redemption. Amen? Second thing we remember, we talked about, that we're not criticizing what has come before. It's not our posture. And I asked the question before, have we made mistakes in the past? Yes. Will we make them again? Never. <laughs> we're per no, we're going to make mistakes. We're not here to criticize. We're here to take another step forward and move forward. I said, this is an invitation for us to discover our why together. I want to go together. And so I implore you, take me out for coffee. Grab an elder. Take them out for coffee. Buy them lunch. Dream together. Share your ideas with us. Talk amongst yourselves. Let's dream together. Let's, let's look to the future together. I heard the saying this week, if you, if you go alone, you can go fast. But if you want to go far, you need to go together. We need to go together. So let's, let's go on this journey together. The next one we talked about, let's be excited. Let's choose to be excited. Come on, let's be excited. You don't look very excited this morning. Yeah. It's looking a little dreary out there. Did the Leafs lose last night or something? What's going on? You know, let's, let's choose to be excited. And the last one we talked about is that God has to be a part of this. I've kind of already said that, but God has to be a part of this journey. We can't do this. There's no point in us just trudging along like a, like a, like a club. You know, we need God to be involved in this. And then about a month later, at the beginning of November, if you want to go to the next slide, please, uh, we talked, I called it Why Part 2, and we looked at the Great Commission, and we asked these questions about the Great Commission. Um, what do we do? Well, we're, we're to go make disciples. And how do we do it? Jesus made it pretty clear. Teach people everything. 
and baptized people. And then we, we jumped into the question why, which as you remember, I, I kind of got stuck. I couldn't quite see it in those words. I needed to spend more time thinking and praying and, and rereading. And we came to this conclusion that there was this clue in the words, then the 11 disciples, which pointed to this larger narrative that, that was involved in this story. This wasn't, this wasn't an isolated thing for Jesus to say that was connected to this whole big story of these 11 men who'd spent the last three years with Jesus. And I made the argument that they must have known why. All but one of them ended up dying a martyr's death. I think Peter was crucified upside down. All because they, they gave their life to share the gospel to spread the message of the good news. So these guys had to know why. And I made the argument that we make disciples because it's in the discipleship process that we experience God. It's actually a grace. Making disciples is a means of grace. It's not a command just to do. That as we do it, we actually experience God. And it's through this community through the body, through being discipled and discipling others, that we experience God. It's literally called the body of? We are the body of? Do you think we're going to experience God? Yes, that, that's where we experience God, is in this body. And I want to tell a bit of a story, a bit of an example from my life. In my late 20s, I had finished university and was living and working in Vancouver, and I really fell away from God. I wouldn't even call it falling away. I chose to distance myself from the church, from God, and I decided to live my life on my terms. It was not a good experiment. Maybe one day I'll share the whole testimony, but it didn't end well. I was broken. I was lost in addictions and, and a lifestyle that was unhealthy. And one Sunday, uh, my church, they had started doing a service at a theater in town because they ran out of space in their building, so they did a service in their building, a service in the theater, and then another service in their building. And so I decided to go to the theater because I knew it would be dark in there, and I could sneak in there with my hoodie and sit at the back. So all of you sitting at the back today, did you just sneak? <laughs> Were you sneaking in? Is there something going on? No, in all honesty, I wanted to sit at the back because I wanted to be able to exit quickly. I didn't want people to see me. And I remember sitting in my car when I pulled up to the door and I put my hand on the handle. And I think I sat there for 10 or 15 minutes because I was terrified to go inside. I thought, are these people going to want me back? Are they going to judge me? Are they going to reject me? But I walked in that church and I experienced God. I experienced forgiveness, acceptance. I experienced God's provision. I'll tell you a story. Back then, I, I hated lasagna back then. I don't know why, but I just hated lasagna. Now I don't mind it. I like it. But back then, for some reason, I just hated lasagna. And I remember a couple in the church asked me out for lunch. And as I was leaving for lunch that day, um, they ran out the front door and said, Dave, 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 we've got a, 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 we've got a freezer full of frozen lasagnas we made. 
here's five lasagnas. <laughs> you know, I didn't like the lasagna, but I remember I took it home, and I remember when I was putting it into my freezer, I just broke down because I thought, these people, they love me. They're taking care of me. So I experienced God in the church. It's through this community that we can experience the presence of Christ. And I think you guys inherently know this. We talked about surveys, about documents, about letters written by former pastors. You guys understand the value of this community. It's of high, high value. And this is why we ought to share it, because it's in this place that people experience God. I mean, we can literally experience the presence of God in this community. We can hear His voice. We can feel His love and His protection and His provision. I mean, there's a couple of families who have recently gone through pretty scary things with their health. And I've seen our body rally around at the drop of a hat in prayer and support and love and, and concern. This is the presence of God active in our lives. So why do we want to make disciples? Why do we want to go out? Because we want to experience more of God. We want to experience his presence in this discipling process. You know, we often think of the discipling process as this one-way street, as this sort of top-down teaching kind of... Honestly, we've turned it in sort of a dry, formal, lifeless thing sometimes. At least that's how I've perceived it. As some people have shared it with me, Dave, go and make, you've got to go make disciples. And it feels like this heavy thing that I've got to stand up high and teach these people below me how to be disciples. But it's, that's not what Christ meant at all. I don't know how we've made it so dry and such a, it feels like a burden. It's actually a gift of grace. Because as we disciple others, we experience God's presence. So the last time, if you want to go to the next slide, the last time we addressed this, we looked at those words, then the 11 disciples. And as I've already shared, it points us to the fact, excuse me, that there is a larger story here, that these 11 men would have had the why figured out, that through the through community in the body of Christ, we literally experience God. We get to know God. And I don't know how I didn't see this before, but what I'm about to share with you was an absolute delight with me. And once again, I felt like I have just discovered time travel. I'm going to win another Nobel Prize for Bible reading and Bible understanding. I mean, I, I felt like just screaming. It's like, how have I not seen this before? Isn't that incredible how God's Word, as you're reading, it's like the Spirit of God is highlighting the words as you read them, and they're just you're not just reading them, they're sinking into your heart. Has anyone had that experience where you're reading God's Word, and it's just like the letters are floating off the page almost? I just felt like that, and I felt like, this is it. I'm going to be the president of ONMB <laughs> any time now. They're going to call me up. Or, you know... No, probably not. I hope not. I don't want that job. 
But honestly, it felt like God was speaking to me and it came alive. And I'm so excited to share with you. Um, And we'll continue next week. No, just kidding. Um, No, in a moment I'll just share. But so we looked at these words, the 11 disciples, and then I want to read through the Great Commission again. I realize we're reading it many times, but I think sometimes you have to read it over and over to see and hear these things. So there's three things underlined here that I want you to... If you're a note-taker, take these three notes, these things that I underline, okay? So then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So write down Christ's authority as note number one. Continuing on, therefore go go and make disciples. So write down making disciples. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. If you want to go to the next slide. So write those three things down in your notes if you're a note taker. Right, the authority of Christ, making disciples, and the closeness of Christ. Because right, right at the end there, Jesus said, you know, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. So I want to make the argument that these three ideas are connected. It sounds obvious to say that, well, they're, they're in verses that are really close to each other, but I think in the past what we've done is we've taken the making disciples part and we've just kind of isolated it from these other two ideas, the authority of Christ and the closeness of Christ. Perhaps it's because we've heard these verses so many times or we've, we've read them or heard them, they're on posters, they're on walls, But I want to make the point that we have to connect the other two to the making disciples. If we're going to do this right, if we're going to understand this command, you need to keep these ideas together. You can't just pick one. They have to stay together. And I believe strongly that this, what I'm about to share, is the word of the Lord to KZMC. This is God's word to me right now. As we think about why, this is, I think this is God's word to you. I want to summarize these verses, highlighting some points, and just talking them through. And if you haven't been listening until now, please listen. Whether you're young, these two young men sitting in the front, this is God's word to you guys. Whether you're old, I know there's not too many that are old here. There's only a few. This is God's word to you. If you're a new believer, this is God's word to you. If you're a seeker, if you're kind of just, you know, I'm not totally sure about this Jesus thing yet, but I'm listening. I believe this is God speaking to you. If you're backslidden, if you've kind of wandered off the path, this is God speaking to you this morning. Rich, poor, young, old, this this word is for us. Jesus said all authority had been given to him. If you want to leave it, you can leave it off another slide for now. Go back, there you go, thank you. 
Jesus said all authority has been given to him. He is in control of everything. Do you hear that this morning? He said all authority has been given to me. He is in control of everything. He is sovereign. He would say to us this morning, Dave, I'm in control. I am sovereign. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't be busy building a kingdom for yourself, Dave. Don't trust in the world. Don't store up treasures on earth. Store up treasures in heaven. Don't trust in this world. Keep your eyes on me. I am the one who is in control. I am the one who is the center of the universe. Not you. Come and follow me. Because I am sovereign, listen and trust in the mission I'm going to send you on. This is the most important thing you could be doing with your life. And here it is. I'm going to back you up because I'm sovereign. I can back you up. And here it is. Go and make disciples. Go and make disciples in Zurich. Go and make disciples in Blue Water. Go and make disciples in Canada. Go into all the world and make disciples. And here is the point that I want to drive home that connects to what we said last week about the 11 disciples. And honestly, when I heard this, when I saw this, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Jesus is saying this, as you are going and making disciples, he says, I will be with you. I never saw that before. I mean, I saw it, but it never connected to me. It never hit me. As we go and make disciples, he is going to be with us. With us. Just like he was with the disciples. Through the discipleship process, through making disciples, you will see me and get to know me. Just like I made myself known to the disciples, I will be with you. You will experience God. I will be right there beside you. This just floored me. I'd never seen this. It's so exciting to think that if I go and make disciples, Jesus is going to be right there with me. We'll experience him perhaps in a more profound way than we ever have before. Another way to think of this is that if you want more of God, if your faith is feeling a little flat, go and make disciples. I mean, it makes sense. A couple years ago, maybe more than a couple years ago, I started coaching hockey for my boys, and I, I did not play hockey. In fact, don't tell anyone, but I wasn't the greatest skater. And here I am, all right, I'm supposed to coach these young kids. And as Judah will attest, there were several times where Coach Dave is demonstrating, oh, there's Coach Dave on his rear end. In fact, I was trying to teach them once about transitioning from you know, forward to backwards and, and cross cuts and stuff, skating backwards. 
And I fell hard. I mean, I, I wiped out. It was... One of the kids skated over. Coach Dave, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. But I'll tell you, it was, a, it was a fast track to learning how to skate. You know, if you're going to teach others, if you're going to disciple people, boy, it's a fast track to dependence on God, to growing in your understanding. That's why I say it's a grace to teach someone else, to invest in someone else. Boy, you're going to be very, very quickly, you're going to realize how little you know and how much more you need of God in your life. It's not a one-way street. It's a grace as we disciple others, as we are discipled, we experience God. You know, as I've researched the past in this church and dug into old surveys and sent out a new survey and read old documents, I believe many, many of you have tasted. You've tasted this. You know this. This is in our DNA as a church. This high value in community and care for one another. And maybe you wouldn't have always articulated it, but I believe that you're experiencing God. This is more than a club, isn't it? Right? This isn't just a, a gathering and a hangout time. What's happened here is not just because you have good potlucks, right? I mean, potlucks are awesome. But it's more than just being together, hanging out, having good times. And I'm not against having good times, but there's more to this, right? Otherwise, I think some of you would be long gone. Right? There's more here than just the club. Do we, do we agree? Then what is it? It's the presence of God. We get to know God in this space. As I minister to you, as you minister to me, it's the presence of God. Jesus is among us, right? This is why we're here. This is what we want to share. This is, where we, this is what we want to take to the world. Look what we found. We found the presence of Christ. We, we get to know God. Come and join us. Come be part of our family. Come and experience his love, his grace. This is what we want to share, right? And all I would say is, guys, I think there's more. Our work is not done. We're not done here. There's more, to share. There's more people to share this with. There's more people in this area, in this world, who need this. We want to share this. That's why we're here, to share this. I'm getting excited. I'm getting, my notes are all spinning on my page right now. This isn't just a club. This is something far more profound. So what do we do now? What is our next step? And if you want to go to the next slide, the last slide. If Jesus has authority, and boy, going back to what Merv said in this crazy world of wild finances and brokenness in our world and just political unrest and pain, boy, we got to hang on to that truth, right? Jesus has authority. He's in control. He's in charge. 
But if Jesus is in control, and he said that he would be close to us, that he would be with us, particularly as we're making disciples, I think there's three things that we can do. We can pray with hope. We're praying to a God who has authority and he's near. He's listening. We can go on hopeful mission. We can engage in evangelism. There's going to be fruit. I believe that. He's in control and he's close to us. And the last one, we can take hopeful risks. And we're going to take, to take some risks. There was a, a gentleman um, from Brazil who was meeting with people in the denomination recently. His name's Emerson Cardero, and he, he started a, uh, a church planting movement in Brazil. And he was here one, one afternoon past, this past week. And, and uh, someone asked him, he said, Emerson, what, what's your word for the church in Canada? As you look at our church and what's happened in Brazil, what's your word for us? And one thing that he said just stuck with me. He said, get, out, get outside your four walls. He said, go out. He said, you have an incredible gift. You have finances, you have buildings, you have people. He said, get outside. We're going to have to take some risks. We're going to have to do some things that we maybe we haven't done before. Maybe do them in a new way. But we're not going to be alone. And we're going to do this together. Right? But as we... As the year ends, and I, I, I said to someone this morning, I cannot believe it's December almost. Like, it's just, I feel like we just moved here. Although now, uh, as I've been driving around to all these hockey games, I think I've officially become an Ontario driver. Easily 20 over the speed limit most places. But I know all oh, you do that, so I don't feel bad. I feel like I'm one of you now. But I was driving behind someone yesterday, they were going 15 over, and I'm like, come on, let's go. Like, I got a hockey game to get to. This is Ontario. Let's go. Where was I? <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea where I am. Oh, I know. New Year's coming. We're going to a season of Advent, so we're not going to keep belaboring this over the next month. We'll jump into this in the new year. But I do have something that I want you to do. And I've underlined it up there. I'm going to ask you to pray. Would you get on your knees and would you pray into this? And ask God, God, what's our next step? How do we share what we have here? How do we invite people in to what's happening here? God, would you give us vision? Would you direct us? Would you soften our hearts? And help us to see? Would you give us a heart for those who don't know you? And this is, this is the most important thing. This is the most important step. Prayer. Would you make eye contact with me? Would you nod your head? Yes, I will pray. We need to pray. 
If I, got, if, I got, if I get down on my knees and I thought it would help, I would beg you to pray. Pray. Pray for this church. Pray for the leadership. Pray for our volunteers. Pray for our council. Pray for the elders. God, lead us. God, guide us. Open our eyes. God, pour out your spirit on this church. Come and meet with us in a fresh way. Help us to see and understand your word. God, come and speak to us. One of my favorite writers, A.W. Tozer, I read his biography, and it gets me every time I think about it. In my opinion, he, he was one of the best writers on, on seeking God and knowing God. Incredible man. And they said they would routinely catch him in his office, on his knees, crying out to God, God, show me what this means. God, show us what this means. Speak to us through your word. Guide us. Direct us. Please pray. And let's go on, continue on this journey together, discovering our why. We have something incredible here. We have a pearl of great price in this place. We're experiencing God. So we're going to finish with some songs. God bless you. Have a great week.